it's like the Democrats paid these people off. Let's pay them off. Let's make it look like the Republicans can't govern and don't deserve any gavels whatsoever. But they did it for free. (laughs) (laughs) Your friend, Rand Paul, had, had this to say. We are acquaintances at best. I'm literally missing 15% of my right test score. <laughs> Fear not each sudden sound and shock. Tis of the wave. <laughs> Excuse me. Tis of the wave and not the rock. I'm sorry, is it open mic? Is that <laughs> what we're doing in the Senate? I, th- I thought we were having an impeachment trial. I did liken Tucker Carlson to an after meal <laughs> shit earlier in the show. <laughs> you did. What sort of Eve ate the apple, Pandora opened the box bullshit did we just step into there? This is Facts and Friends. Welcome to this very special episode of the Facts and Friends podcast. Instead of our normal show this week, we thought we'd just bring you a 70-minute full-on Trump rally. You know... Because ratings. I didn't agree to this. Don't worry, Johnson. We're not so unscrupulous that we'd help hasten the demise of democracy in America for one night of ratings that really weren't all that great. Am I right, CNN? So how many nights of ratings would we hasten the demise of democracy? We'd probably do it for one. (laughs) Okay. If this is your first time listening to the show, my name is Tino. That is also true if it is not your first time listening. Joining me this week, like most other weeks, is my friend and co-host. Most of you know him as the CNN producer for Town Hall Audience Member Screening, but I know him as Judson. Hello, Judson. In my defense, when you work three different jobs at least you really kind of phone in all of them (laughs) so yeah my bad well judson and i are back from a short hiatus which means we have so much news to catch up on we're gonna do our best to touch it all (laughs) phrasing start off with a speed round of the news in just a moment in which we will cover everything from the impending debt ceiling debacle to ron DeSantis's terrifying of course i'm an actual human laugh As you might have guessed, I have some thoughts I'd like to share on Chris Licht's New Look CNN, and we're going to get to that a little later on. And finally, we will take the latest inventory of all the red rubber noses and tiny cars in the clown show that is the Dunning-Kruger McCarthy House. There are a lot, yes. turns out. Okay, time for the news, Judson. Let's see how many stories we can cram into this segment. There's been a lot that's been going on, obviously. Thanks to Kevin McCarthy and the America Last Republican Party, the U.S. is just days away from defaulting on its debt and bringing about a global economic crisis of likes of which we have not seen in our lifetimes. Yay! Don't do that. You did that last show. (laughs) Speaking of an unquenchable desire to piss all over freedom and democracy, Ron DeSantis, Judson. Yay! Marjorie Taylor Greene is back in the news, Judson. Again. Yay! Marjorie had a drop-the-mic moment in the climate change debate this week, Judson. Yay! What do you want me to say to that? They're insane. Okay, that's better. They're economic terrorists holding the entire country hostage (laughs) to get their way. Agreed. Also, yay. (laughs) (laughs) Negotiations have been hot and cold, but this simply is not something that should require negotiation. No, this doesn't even deal with us spending money. We've said this a million times. The national debt involves money that has already been spent. A big chunk of it on their watch, too. Most of it. As usual, the debt skyrockets under the Republican administration. Yeah, Reagan tripled it, Bush doubled it, Trump added another $2 trillion with tax cuts. I mean... Because all they really care about is making rich people richer. Yeah, and hoping that they're in that slice of the economic band, yeah. So, 
Do you think the right wants to default on the debt to crash the economy so they can just blame it on Biden? I think they vastly underestimate the consequences of doing that. I think, yes, they want to do that, but I think they really underestimate what that would actually entail. This is exactly how they operate, right? Yeah. While they don't have the White House, they actively work against American interests. And they're really, really bad at math. And so this is not a good combination. <laughs> Definitely not. To have them in the position to decide whether or not we should continue to accept that math works and that if we don't pay our bills, people will stop loaning us money that we need. It is highly unlikely that we have any Republican listeners. We, we tend to get them on YouTube, <laughs> but I, none of them last this long into the show. Yeah, if you hate listens. <laughs> but if you are a Republican, this is how much your party actually cares about America and everyday Americans. They are willing to crash the global economy and let us and our families suffer in order to improve their chances of winning elections in a couple years. The de facto leader of the Republican Party, an obese, senile, orange fascist. He as much as said it. You once said that using the that using the debt ceiling as a negotiating wedge uh, just could not happen. You you said that when sure. you were in the That's Oval Office. That's when I was president. To, so why is it different now that you're out of office? Because now I'm not president. <laughs> Is that a laugh line, really? No. Hi, I'm a hypocrite. Please clap. Yeah, it's all about <laughs> him. America absolutely last. <sighs> all right, Justin, these stories were supposed to be fast. Can we pick up the pace? Uh, I'm going to put this one on you. you. That was you. That was <laughs> I'm you. I'm putting this one on you. Oh, my God. If you hadn't gone, yay, <laughs> we would have been done in like 35 <laughs> seconds. All right. Next. Right. Tucker Carlson announced his imminent return to the airwaves, Judson. Where is his new show landing? Is it Newsmax? OAN? Hell, it could be CNN at this point. It, it's Twitter. What? What? Twitter? I didn't pick it. That's just what they're doing. Huh. Well, I guess if there ever were a logical home for a white supremacist propaganda show that is legally not news, Twitter makes sense. I mean, that is a fair point in this day and age, yes. Apart from it not really being a platform on which people watch long-form content. Uh, no, definitely not. Although I did watch the Mario movie, or at least a part of it, before it was uh, <laughs> right, <DC. they> <laughs> show Oh my goodness! Well, I am just hoping Tucker gets back in time to melt down over the new Little Mermaid. I've had this date marked on my calendar. It's next week. It's gonna be good. We even have a song for him now. We do, yeah. All right, more on Twitter in just a bit. Next story, Judson. Do you like QR codes? I can't say that I do, actually. Okay. Do you like Catholic priests? I definitely cannot say that I do, actually. <laughs> Well, the New York Post reported last week that Catholic priests in France would be required to wear scannable QR codes that indicate whether or not they are sex offenders. Uh, <laughs> I'll give you a second to let that sink in. Is that really the best option for that? <laughs> That's your best idea. That's your best. Let like, me explain the idea before you judge it, okay? Okay. okay. I'm going to judge it, though. Parish <laughs> parishioners will be able to scan the wallet-sized kitty fucker cards to reveal <laughs> one of three color codes which will indicate that priest's status. All right. Hey, Catholic Church, <laughs> come, come here real close. Like pretend I'm a 12 year old boy close. No, no. Farther, farther away. Farther away. Step back. Step back. <laughs> well, hands to yourself. Hands to yourself. Okay. QR codes. Three color classifications. First, the whole have I raped a child classification feels a little more pass fail to me. Yeah, you only need two codes there, feels like. Yeah. <laughs> Rather than giving pedophiles scannable cards, maybe you could send child rapists to prison. At the very least, not let them continue to work in the church in a position of responsibility and authority for easily duped people. Does anyone really want to get close enough to a pedophile priest to scan this QR code? It feels like you're already in the danger zone at that point. One other thing, Catholic Church, and you know what? Pass this on to leaders of other religious denominations, Christian and 
and otherwise. While I have you so uncomfortably close here, I just wanted to check something. Okay. All right. Yeah. It's what I thought. You're not drag queens. They are not. They do wear fancy robes sometimes. Moving on. I hope you stopped by the bank for some singles, Judson, because uh, I have a big old jar right here, and we're about to talk about Trisha Cotham. Oh, the jar. Okay, got it. I'm talking, of course, about our C-word jar. Yes. And the new North Carolina abortion ban. Yeah. Also worth noting, we have a new bleep sound for the C-word. <laughs> Been meaning to do that for a while. Yep. Feels like we might need it today. So Judson, proud women's rights Democrat elected in a deep blue district, one Trisha Cotham. She stood by her lifelong conviction to defend a woman's right to choose by, let's see here. Oh, this can't be right, Judson. Oh, that's right. It, it says she not only voted for the abortion restrictions initially, but after the governor vetoed it, she was the deciding vote in overriding that veto. Yeah. W what are your thoughts? And I can't believe, and, and also, <laughs> I, I, about the... I mean, just imagine. <laughs> Judson, there's a video going around of one Ron Demantitz, as we call him here on the Facts and Friends podcast, or as I call him here on the Facts and Friends podcast. As you podcast, call him, sure. Of one Ron Demantitz reacting to something he found humorous. Now, normally we call that laughing, but <laughs> I'm not sure what Mickey's little bitch Ron was doing in this video can accurately be described that way. I'm with you. I don't think that that, that's not, it's not laughter. Okay. Well, as an audio only podcast, we sometimes paint word pictures in an attempt to translate a visual experience into this audio format. In this case, though, I thought I might use a slightly different tool, something I'm calling a sound picture. Okay. I am going to make the sound that I think lands on the brain the same way the visual of him laughing does. Are you ready? I am ready. <laughs> I thought you were just going to play the Kenneth Copeland laugh because that's what hits me as. No, I think even Kenneth Copeland sounds too human to represent whatever the fuck Ron DeSantis is doing in that video. <laughs> yeah, right. That's the problem. Like Kenneth Copeland sounds more authentically human. <laughs> Judson, a teacher at St. Paul School in Vesalia, California, has been arrested for molesting one of his students. 41-year-old Jeremy Wayne Hansen is accused of sexually abusing a 13-year-old girl multiple times over several months. Also worth noting about this case is that Jeremy Wayne Hansen is not a drag queen. Shock, dismay, confusion. Judson, Diane Feinstein made her return to the Senate. Well, what's left of her did. <laughs> now, audience, listeners, I did run that by Judson, and he gave me the green light on that one. I did. I think it's fair. Two thumbs up. It was one okay. thumb. Don't, don't, don't oversell it. <laughs> I am kind of fed up with Feinstein's whole situation. I mean, yeah, yeah. She comes back to the Senate and immediately moves six judges through committee that totally were not being held up by her absence. At least that's what her people said, right? No, no judges were being held up. Right, right, yeah. Then she gives an interview wherein it's pretty clear her brain is not currently functioning properly. She claims she hadn't even been gone. Right, <laughs> that she'd been voting. She was directly asked about her absence, and she's like, well, I wasn't gone. I was, I was working. Like, you mean you were working from home? No, I was here. I was voting. When? Does she have the worst people around her imaginable? Does she have like Santos level staff? She has to because it's not just bordering on. It is elder abuse at this point, as far as I can tell. Now, obviously, I'm not in the room there. I No, I completely agree. But but like they are keeping her in office to keep their jobs, to, to, to gain some sort of clout or to do something for the party that the party wants. I, I don't know. And they let her talk to the fucking media. Yeah, I, I don't know what, what the rationale is, but it is not. Uh, clearly not in her best interest or for that matter, the rest of the countries. Well, we all know it is 
totally fine to be completely mentally compromised in the House of Representatives, but this is the Senate, damn it. <laughs> I honestly worry that the candidates that are vying to replace her are putting pressure on the Feinstein people to keep her from retiring. I really hope I'm wrong, but Gavin Newsom has said he'll appoint a black woman to the seat right. if he gets to appoint this person. And last I checked, neither Adam Schiff nor Katie Porter fit that bill. <laughs> and then that would mean that Porter and Schiff would most likely have to face this new person as an incumbent, which hurts their chances of winning. Yeah, I, I agree. I just, I don't like those sorts of promises by people about who they're going to nominate, specifically on demographics. Like if, if you pick a specific person, like, I'm going to nominate this person for this seat if this becomes available. Like, that, that's one thing. I don't like, like those demographic promises either. Biden did it too with the Supreme Court. It feels like pandering. It does. You know? I agree. It, and I just don't like that. I just, like, nominate a good candidate. That's great. Pick me out a person that you think is good for this nominate role. A great I'm, candidate. I'm have diversity and inclusion as part yes, of your absolutely. search process. That's completely fine. But you can't just come right out and say, you shouldn't rather come right yeah, out and that, say. That doesn't help anyone. It, it, and it only gives the right ammunition to say that they're 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 doing this on the basis of race or gender or both. And it's not. Un- You're doing it again, Judson. This is supposed to be fast. Oh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> Jesus Christ. This is, this is your second strike. Okay. Okay, first of all, no, you're right. Okay. I'm going to get my third strike if I keep talking. All right, more Twitter, Judson. Why do we want more Twitter? I promise more Twitter news, Judson, and by golly, I'm going to deliver. Twitter hired a new CEO, and her name is Linda Yaccarino. Yes. That's right. I said her. Which brings us to... It's time to play the easiest game in podcasting. Did the right lose their shit? I thought you said that that game had been retired. Yeah, it retired just like Tom fucking Brady in 2021, okay? (laughs) Miss Yaccarino was an executive at NBC Universal Comcast. There's also video of her promoting diversity and inclusion at Comcast. Justin, I see you've screened our Facts and Friends audience as well. (laughs) You definitely have a type. Equally as well, uh, I might add. Speaking of someone who should retire right now, let me talk to your people, okay? (laughs) There were cries from the right of a fox in the hen house, and I don't think they were calling her hot. I'm sorry. So the answer is yes, they lost their shit. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) So many on the right screamed betrayal, and they threatened to stop paying for their I'm an asshole blue check marks. Oh, no. Stop. Don't. Come back. (laughs) (laughs) She even once made a corporate video in favor of masks and vaccines to fight COVID. How woke, I guess, is what I'm supposed (laughs) to say there. They did. They called her a social justice (laughs) warrior. Was it a soulless socialist? A a godless socialist? She worked for the Trump administration, too, so don't give me that shit. Of course she did. Well, (laughs) right-wing outrage seems to have died down somewhat since the story first broke, and I feel like I'm seeing more of those blue check marks than ever before. Does it feel like you're seeing a lot of them too yeah it's been really it's been terrible like people that i follow you've got to scroll down a significant number of replies to get to something that resembles a coherent thought that isn't simply an elon fanboy or troll bot or whatever it's just it's becoming for all intents and purposes unusable in the way that it once was we've established in previous shows that under musk blue check marks have come to indicate a user has certain attributes right sure they tend to be low information low intelligence prone to racism homophobia transphobia misogyny xenophobia fascism hatred of america is there anything i'm forgetting i mean 
that covers a, a, a big chunk of it. Okay. So many of these MAGA morons are paying Elon Musk for their blue check mark. I had a dangerous but brilliant idea to greatly increase Twitter's revenue, Judson. Don't give him ideas, Tino. These guys, and let's face it, they're mostly guys. Yeah. They wear this blue check mark online like a badge of honor. So why not enable them to have up to five blue check marks, right? <laughs> With a higher <laughs> cost associated with each additional check check mark, but with five indicating you are the magaiest anti woke. No, 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 no. Five, five is alpha. You got to have five as the alpha level. Okay, uh, that's and that's that's where you go with that. All right. Unless you don't want them to get all five. Don't you think they would pay? I mean, oh, absolutely. They, they would pay. love to fork over money for for a free website. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I'm glad Elon doesn't listen to the show because I don't want to be responsible for making Twitter profitable. If they get more check marks, if they start doubling up on check marks, this is on you, though. Okay. All right, Judson. Next story. I have a question for you. Since our last show, have we learned that the Supreme Court is more or less corrupt than we previously thought? Don't answer. Okay. I want to remind you first, we previously scored them at an 11 out of 10 on the shameless corruption scale. What was the last thing we learned about them in that sh- in that show, though? Well, that was before we knew Harlan Crow was paying tuition oh. for one of Clarence Thomas's relatives. Right. Okay, sure. To the tune of over $150,000, most likely. That's before we knew Neil Gorsuch was getting a sweet real estate deal that he didn't disclose to the tune of millions of dollars. Yeah. Uh, that's before we learned the head of the Federal Society that basically picks all the right-wing activists judges paid millions of dollars to Kellyanne Conway. <sighs> and well, we mustn't forget, to be fair, Elena Kagan's bagel. What? Oh, wait, she refused the gift of bagels and locks. <laughs> Shit. All right, we'll strike that. Both sides, Tino, both sides. Anyway, Judson, where would you say the Supreme Court is now on the shameless corruption scale? Lucky 13, I guess. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's got to go up from 11. I don't think we've hit 20 yet. And what has Chief Justice Roberts done about it? He released a memo or a response to basically say that they're going to uphold the ethics that they... You're really close to strike three. Oh, sorry. You could have just said, fuck all. That's what he's done about it. All right, Judson, last story before the break, and we did save the worst for last. And that's saying something, considering we've already talked about pedophile Christians and Elon Musk. (laughs) But Judson, I gave you... Nick Fuentes. Oh, God. I don't want to turn 30 and find some 20-year-old, 29-year-old woman that I have something in common with, and it's like... Okay, stop. I honestly don't think that's a problem you're going to have, Nick. It's really, really not a problem. <laughs> I thought he was one of those men going his own way, too, wasn't he? Until he's 30. Oh, so, so he's in cell until 30, and then women are okay. Well, no, he is just cell. <laughs> okay. He will be in cell at 30, because in cell is involuntarily celibate. Oh, you're right. So he's celibate bit now okay yeah okay all right all right nick carry on explain this plan to us women don't age like wine they age like milk they don't age like wine that's not how their hormones work that's not how they work yeah i gotta find i gotta find my 16 year old wife i'm sorry what now first of all he sounds like he still hasn't gone through puberty so the fact that he is some sort of expert on how women age when he clearly hasn't mastered the process himself yet is a little disconcerting even before we got to the record scratch oh my fucking god what (laughs) moment that he had there Unfortunately, Judson, I have more. Okay. Probably when I turn 30 or something. Because here's the thing. I don't want to be like, let's say I get married to an 18-year-old now. Six-year age difference. When I turn 40, she's going to be 34. That is how time works. Ew. What if I'm 30 and she's 16, 14-year age difference? When I'm 50, she'll be 36. When When I'm 40... 
She'll be 26. Then now we're talking here. Now we're cooking with gas. When you're okay, 40, well, you'd be stop, fucking wait, divorced. Stop. Nick, <laughs> talking to you, Nick. Can the white supremacist anti-Semite please not use the phrase cooking with gas? <laughs> I didn't even catch that one. Yes. Okay. Thank you. I was too distracted by the pedophilia. <laughs> he's not going to make it to 40 with this impressionable woman that he's a girl. Sorry, that he's planning to marry in six years. He's going to be divorced by 40. He's not going to marry any 16 year old girl, period. Well, I'm sorry to say I, I, I can't say that's true. All right. Here, Fuentes tells us what we all want. Now you can see a, an alternative vision for how how things could be. I want a 16-year-old is untouched, untouched, pristine. Oh, God. Untouched, uncorrupted, innocent. That's what we all want. I can only speak for myself. That's not something I want, Judson. Not, 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 not something I want. No. And I'm doing the, I'm doing the math mentally, and my daughter will be 16 when he's 30. So <laughs> I I'm was gonna, just about to ask that. I'm going to vomit. Oh, God. <laughs> Fuentes then went on Telegram to beg people to tell him, after there was some pushback, why his desire to marry an underage girl was controversial. He posted, but why is it controversial to say I want a 16-year-old wife? Tell me. Fun fact, <laughs> Nick Fuentes has comments disabled on Telegram. Yeah, he doesn't so actually want you to tell him. No. At the time that I clipped this, there were over 640 thumbs down on Telegram. You know how hard it is to get a fucking thumbs down on Telegram when you're a white supremacist? It feels real hard. That may be his like least liked post there ever. I would have to get on Telegram to check, and I'm not going to do that. Well, Judson, you have struck out of this segment. <laughs> One other thing I will add now that you're out of the game. Nick Fuentes is a lot of things. He's, he's an incel or, or maybe a cell. <laughs> he's a white supremacist. He's a fascist. He's an incel, too, because if he weren't a cell, Judson. Yeah, he'd be an incel. Honestly, he is an incel. He just claims it's voluntary. Well, he's a fascist. He's... Seems to be a pedophile. We know that now. But do you know what he isn't, Judson? What's that? He's not a drag queen. <laughs> the Facts and Friends podcast is brought to you by people like you. More and more, corporate America is taking over the podcast scene. Your support helps stave off a complete takeover. Please take a moment to share the podcast with your friends and followers via social media or word of mouth. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for helping out. It really does mean a lot. Justin, do you remember way back in 2017 when, oh. when CNN was trying so hard to combat the misinformation shitstorm that Trump and conservative media outlets were trying to shove down our throats? Vaguely. Well, they put out this really great ad. This is an apple. Some people might try to tell you that it's a banana. They might scream banana, banana, banana over and over and over again. They might put banana in all caps. You might even start to believe that this is a banana. But it's not. This is an apple. Oh, how things have changed, CNN. When you first played that back for me, because I had forgotten about that ad even existing, I thought it was going to be some sort of terrible anti-trans thing, the way it starts off, I guess. Can you see the, the parallel they might draw with that? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm honestly surprised it hasn't like been turned into that. Well, if we were interested in making money, we could do that. But uh, <laughs> as we said last time, we are not those people. We are not. So a few months ago, Judson, CNN hired this guy, Chris Licht. Terrible 
terrible name. Yes. I thought it was going to be Light, because a lot of times when that name is spelled L-I-C-H-T, it's pronounced Light, but it's Licked. They named him their new chairman and CEO effective at the beginning of this month, May. He had previously been an executive producer of Morning Joe on MSNBC and CBS This Morning, but I don't know what network that was on. <laughs> <laughs> Such a debt. Nobody does. It's most recently, Licht was actually showrunner for the Late Show with Stephen Colbert. What? But it turns out the joke is on us. Enter the CNN Trump Town Hall a few days back. How the fuck? Okay. When this was announced, I was actually a little excited at first. I thought, okay, Caitlin Collins, she's not really one to back down to fascist bullies like Trump. I also thought there's no way CNN would do this town hall unless they knew they could keep him in check and were able to relentlessly call him out for every single lie. Then I read about the audience composition. Do I get to play the voice of reason here? <laughs> sure. Did you think that that was foolish of me to think that? I thought it was a terrible idea. I don't I don't, I don't know if I, I we talked about it. I talked about it a lot. You never chimed in. I, know, I thought it was terrible. Not your ideas, the CNN idea to, to have it at all. I thought it could work until I read about the audience composition. When I heard it was going to be all Republicans and Republican leading independents from New Hampshire. Yeah, you turn it into a rally. Well, the minute I learned that 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 was going to be who was in the audience, I realized I came over to where you were before you knew that. This is a colossally terrible idea. Yeah. Now, I've read reports that a pro-Trump audience was a condition of his appearance. I know CNN has pushed back on that. If it wasn't, then why the hell did they do it? <laughs> exactly. Any attempts Caitlin Collins might make to fact check or correct the record were going to be meaningless. He was just going to squat them away dismissively. And the audience picked by CNN would laugh and cheer, yeah. which is exactly what happened. Why you held on to those documents when you knew the federal government was seeking them and then had given you a subpoena to return them? Are you them. ready? Are you ready? Can I talk? Yeah, what's you the mind? answer? Can I, do you mind? I would like for you to answer the question. Okay, it's very simple to answer. That's why I asked it. It's very simple to You are a nasty person, I'll tell you. Can you answer why you... Again, is that an applause line? It is. <laughs> To the audience, Caitlin Collins was the liar, and Trump was the one bravely defending the truth as they ate it up. Yeah. I, mean, I don't have anything to add to that. That's that's what it was. Not even a yay. It was a performance. It was a performance for him in front of a home crowd. A home WWE type crowd. <laughs> Yeah, nothing good could come of that for anyone. So the event was every bit the disaster I and many media analysts predicted. I am not a media analyst, of course, let's be clear there. Right. We just play one on our podcast. <laughs> Trump, who had just been found liable for sexual abuse of a woman. It should have been rape, but yeah. that's such a harsh word for juries. <laughs> anyway, a day after this verdict, CNN gives Trump 70 fucking minutes to spew lie after lie to belittle the woman he sexually abused, attack the moderator, and all in all, just continue to undermine democracy in the United States. Collins did try to check him on a lot of the lies, but it was an exercise in futility. Like the audience was just cheering him on. Like I said, like the WWE candidate that he is. Yeah. Even if you had no audience, you couldn't stop him from doing what he was going to do. But at least you wouldn't have had the laugh track built into all the things he said. Right. But when you combine those two, there's just, I mean, there was no stopping him. Which brings us to... It's time to play the second easiest game in podcasting. Did the left lose their shit? 
I think I just did. <laughs> Boy, did we ever. We're in a break now from the presidential uh, town hall for, with CNN, Caitlin Collins. And whatever the fuck they thought they were going to get out of this, they instead have set a match to democracy once again. You are letting an insane person stand there and make people giggle and laugh when he jokes about rape. You make people giggle and laugh when he jokes about abortion, when he calls an African-American police officer a thug. This insanity should be pulled off the fucking air. Chris Lick, you should be ashamed of yourself. This is astoundingly bad for the brand of CNN. It's astoundingly bad for the country. And it's astoundingly bad, honestly, folks, for every other Republican candidate in the primaries. Wrap that shit up. It's done. You saw this tonight. You know you can't beat him on the stage. Everybody else... Oars up, time to go to work because he's going to be the nominee. This shit is unfucking believable. I've never seen anything like it. It is a disaster of the highest fucking degree. Now, that was Rick Wilson, who isn't technically a liberal. He's definitely not a liberal. Just a Republican, never Trumper. But he was echoing the sentiments that we had, right? Yeah, for sure. He definitely covered many of the things we thought. Journalist and CNN employee Christian Amanpour spoke just a few days ago at the Columbia University Graduate School of Journalism, and she was super critical of CNN and frank about her disagreement with Lick's decision to host Trump in that particular format. Also, to their credit, some of her colleagues, like my boy Jake Tapper, who I like, have voiced their support for her remarks. But listen, I'm not going to lie. I'm putting myself up there with the biggest of the shit losers. <laughs> you definitely did. <laughs> Wait, did I just call myself a big shit loser? You did. You did. I feel like I could have phrased that better. Yeah, I, th I think we go with it. I used to watch a lot of CNN. I mentioned I like Jake Tapper. I used to like Anderson Cooper. Oh, AC. I prefer anything over watching Morning Joe, but I have completely stopped watching CNN and I have no plans to go back unless I want them to apologize for these mistakes. I honestly want them to fire Chris Licht and they're going to need to commit to reporting the actual news as fairly as possible. That's not going to happen. <laughs> I didn't put it in the show notes, but how many licks do you think it takes to get to the end of democracy in the United States? Seems like just the one, actually. <laughs> the day after this disastrous event, Licked hopped on a call with CNN staffers and he gave his most full-throated heck of a job, Brownie. <laughs> it was the most convincing one I've heard since the original. He also claimed that CNN was supposed to make news. That's a quote. And that's what they did. No, that's wrong. What are they supposed to do, Judson? They report the news. Exactly. Report the news. And keep in mind, Chris, though you did certainly make news, you made it for appearing to have let Donald Trump make you his little bitch on your air. They were selling TNN t-shirts the day after Trump News Network with his face and a version of your logo with a T instead of a C. Can you blame him, I guess, at that point? Hell no. Take your victory lap. He owned them on their own network, like you said. That, yeah. I mean, they let him. That was their choice, but well, the other bullshit claim he made was that covering Trump is hard. It isn't. It's really not. Look to the Jonathan Swans or, or just like look to British media coverage of politicians. They're fucking brutal. Yeah. And Chris Licht, if you still think what you did was responsible journalism, Stephen fucking Miller tweeted this after the town hall. Justin, you want to read Stephen Miller's tweet? I definitely don't want to read Stephen Miller tweets. Okay. Thank you, CNN, for giving President Trump a platform to speak directly to the American people about his plans to save America, stop World War III, and restore peace and stability in the world. Ugh. He did none of those things. Cat Turd also thanked CNN for giving Trump the presidency in 2024, which I don't agree with, by the way. No, he didn't. That's, that's, not, that's not what happened. But I kind of do agree with Rick Wilson that it didn't give Trump the nomination. 
but it revealed that he's going to win the nomination. Oh, certainly. Yeah, we already thought he was going to, but that, that pretty much sealed it. He's 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 going to win it. We just can't further normalize his lying. We can put his lies on air. We have to, but only in a manner in which they can be thoroughly fact-checked debunked and certainly without a fucking applause track yeah. then to make it worse my mary in a theoretical tom holland anderson cooper judson mary fuck kill game <laughs> oh crap my mary anderson cooper <laughs> I'm, I'm dead <laughs> <laughs> you figured it out <laughs> he called us stupid many of you have expressed deep anger and disappointment Many of you are upset that someone who attempted to destroy our democracy was invited to sit on a stage in front of a crowd of Republican voters to answer questions and predictably continued to spew lie after lie after lie. And I get it. It was disturbing. It was disturbing to see and hear that person refer to a black law enforcement officer as a thug, an adjective he used many times to describe black men, and call Caitlin Collins, the moderator, nasty, which is what he calls any woman who stands up to him. It was disturbing to hear him speak so highly of QAnon conspirators and insurrectionists who assaulted police officers in our democracy on January 6th. And it was awful to hear him spread ridiculous lies about the election. And it was certainly disturbing to hear that audience, young and old, our fellow citizens, people who love their kids and go to church, laugh and applaud his lies and his continued defamation of a woman who, according to a jury of his peers, he sexually abused and defamed. As good a job as Galen Collins did trying to fact check him, it is impossible to fact check fully because he lies so shamelessly. Now, many of you think CNN shouldn't have given him any platform to speak, and I understand the anger about that, giving him the audience, the time, I get that. But this is what I also get. The man you were so disturbed to see and hear from last night, that man is the front runner for the Republican nomination for president. And according to polling, no other Republican is even close. That man you were so upset to hear from last night, he may be president of the United States in less than two years. And that audience that upset you, that's a sampling of about half the country. Bullshit. They are your family members, your neighbors, and they are voting. And many said they're voting for him. Now, maybe you haven't been paying attention to him since he left office. Maybe you've been enjoying not hearing from him, thinking it can't happen again. Some investigation is going to stop him. Well, it hasn't so far. So if last night showed anything, it showed it can happen again. It is happening again. He hasn't changed, and he is running hard. You have every right to be outraged today and angry and never watch this network again. But do you think staying in your silo and only listening to people you agree with is going to make that person go away? Okay, I know it was a long clip, but I thought we needed to play the whole clip. So much going on there. First of all, Mediason rightly called Cooper out for using a false dilemma fallacy. Yeah. I don't know about you, but I find that clip so fucking infuriating. Did we say that we thought CNN shouldn't cover Trump? No, they should absolutely cover Trump. Nobody said that. They can even interview him. I'm fine with that. Our point was that CNN should have learned by now that you have to take certain precautions when covering him. It's why CNN itself had a policy of not airing Trump live after the January 6th attack yeah. that he incited. There have to be guardrails when you're covering a pathological liar. A pathological liar who has so much pull. And give him an audience full of his fucking supporters? And the claim, you, I heard you say bullshit when he made it. <laughs> I, I did. The claim yeah. that the audience represents half the country? Come on, we know that's not true. The last three elections have borne that out. Yeah. That the people in that audience, they're the worst of this country. And we already knew they existed. If you think we need a reminding CNN, there are way more responsible ways to remind us. I, for one, didn't need reminding. 
This is why, Judson, right now, this is big. Okay. I am announcing here on season three, episode 15 of the Facts and Friends podcast. This is difficult. I am ending my fake marriage to Anderson Cooper. <laughs> I, I have filed for fake divorce as of today, and it's with a heavy heart that I do so. <laughs> You and Bobert in the same week? There's another divorce coming up later. (laughs) All right. In all seriousness, in the aftermath of the CNN fucktangulous town hall. That's a word. There were a number of liberal voices that actually poo-pooed the loud objections of the majority of left-leaning political nerds like us. The sort of alternative liberal response that they coalesced around was some part that CNN's irrelevant, that Trump is going to Trump with or without their stupid town hall or any coverage by them at all. He is going to Trump. Yeah. Well, they also used Anderson Cooper's we need to be reminded of who he is defense a little bit. I don't. We know who he is. We (laughs) cover him all the fucking time. I'd like to not have to do that. I want to play a little sound from Pod Save America. This is Jon Favreau saying that we were looking at the wrong thing. Our job now is to make sure that everyone knows how extreme and chaotic a second Trump term would be. And to that end... He gave us plenty of material last night, which is why I started off the show talking about all the things he promised to do in a second term. And focusing on that, I think, is going to be a lot more productive than having a whole conversation today about CNN, because the conversation about CNN, that doesn't hurt Donald Trump. That doesn't, like, prevent him from becoming president. Sure. It is our job to make sure Biden wins in 2024. But we can also have a fucking conversation about journalistic integrity in 2023, can't we? Yes. We can do both. Part of the reason we're here in this post-Trump era is how irresponsibly news and social media actively and passively covered Donald Trump from 2015 and beyond, right? That's part of the reason we're fucking here. I am starting to lean toward the idea that it's not irresponsible. It's deliberate. They aren't making mistakes. They think they thrive on the chaos that he brings. And the normal boring candidates like Biden just don't do it for them. They don't scratch the itch that they think they need with their viewers and their ratings. And I do want to get to that theory because that's actually the next thing on okay. in the show notes here. So just close the loop on the Pod Save America analysis there. I think now is as important a time as any to call CNN out for what they did Yeah, and suggest they do better. And we're also able to walk and chew gum. We can also make it our job I mean, sometimes. to make sure Biden wins in 2024. Okay, so you were just touching on something that I wanted to get to next, Judson, and that's that they're doing it on purpose. I think Licht clearly is. Absolutely. There was a sort of less widely embraced theory, which is sort of an offshoot of that. That's that this is the new CNN. The new CNN is trying to emulate Fox News, at least to an extent, and win some of their viewers by intentionally seeming friendlier to Trump and far-right MAGA types. Maybe. One of the examples, in addition to this town hall that that camp has given, is that uh, is CNN's recent policy on not calling Trump's bogus election fraud claims the big lie, quote-unquote. Right. What do you think? I don't know that's that that's the goal, but it, it could be. I heard or read that the pitch to Trump to even come on CNN was to give him a wider audience. Like saying that like, you know, going on Fox doesn't do you any good. You've got all those voters already. You come on CNN and that's where you have the opportunity to pull those independents and those dissatisfied Democrats, that that sort of uh, voter. But my immediate response, if I'm Trump's camp, is like, okay, but I have to be represented positively in order to win those votes. Otherwise, I'm just losing them. So let's uh, let's set some conditions. That certainly tracks with what we saw. Well, Lick's boss, this is Warner Brothers Discovery CEO David Zaslav. Yeah. He made some comments this past Thursday that suggest maybe that theory is not far off. He said, quote, Republicans are back on the air. 
Republicans weren't on the air. He was speaking to a media conference about CNN's coverage of Republicans or lack thereof. David, David, come here real quick. <laughs> Over here. No, I'm not going to check to see if you're a drag queen. I promise. Do you have a QR code? <laughs> yeah. As someone who had to sit through Rick Santorum claiming no one called Donald Trump a racist prior to his presidential runs on your air on a CNN panel as that guy, I promise you, CNN has had Republicans on the air for a long time. If I recall, one Tuckums Carlson himself used to work for you assholes. I hired Corey Lewandowski. <laughs> Kaylee McEnany. This Zaslav guy, I love these CEOs, you know? He went on to say CNN had been an advocacy network. That is fucking bullshit. CNN was more or less reporting the news. And when the news became that a would-be authoritarian lying constantly and attacking the foundation of our democracy wanted to be, then became president, CNN reported it. Do you know why the news... Oh, am I still talking to David? Yeah. <laughs> David, David, do you know why the news about most Republicans makes them look like lying, crooked, election-stealing assholes? Do you know, Dave? Can I call you Dave? It's because they are. Yeah. I really take issue with him ceding the whole Clinton News Network argument to the right. Yeah. The perception of mainstream media in general is that it leans left. Now, on one hand, it has traditionally leaned left. That's indisputable, right? I don't know if that's indisputable. Okay. Maybe it's not indisputable, but I, I, I think it's pretty demonstrable. There's a difference between a slight bias and calling what CNN has been doing advocacy for one side, right? Left-leaning or not, the New York Times, the Washington Post, and others, they've been more or less fair. I mean, sometimes they err on the side of the appearance of fairness at the expense of reporting the truth. I definitely don't agree that the, the media has a liberal, a liberal bias. Traditionally, it has. But no, but most of those places you just mentioned, the New York Times, the Washington Post, I mean, they hire all kinds of conservatives to push out these op-ed pieces that are just, I mean, I don't like a lot of the crap they push out and and a lot of the way they frame things even in their normal news day-to-day -day stuff is just it's not left-leaning there are left-leaning places but the mainstream major outlets they don't strike me as left-leaning i think it's changing now i was really talking about traditionally i've heard that argument many times i i, I don't see that one thing i think we can agree on is that neither chris licked nor David Zasloff are interested in fairly reporting news. No, clearly not. They are interested in the bottom lines of their huge corporations. Their first allegiance is to making money for their shareholders, no matter the cost to truth, fairness, or democracy. We'll be right back. The CNN Trump Town Hall was a bad idea. Some people here at CNN might try to tell you it was a good idea. They might scream good idea, good idea, good idea over and over and over again. Anderson Cooper might call you stupid. You might even start to believe that the Trump Town Hall was a good idea. But it wasn't. The CNN Trump Town Hall was a bad idea. You know, it's been some time since we've sat down and had a good talk about the Dunning-Kruger McCarthy House of Representatives, Judson. It was a nice break. We've never had a good talk about the Dunning-Kruger McCarthy House of Representatives. <laughs> That's fair. Fair. Between the DKM, George Santos, and the worst president in the history of not just this timeline, but all of them, Donald Trump, <laughs> we're covering all the hottest, stankiest dumpster fires this week. You know James Comer, Judson? I'm familiar. He and his DKM cave people pals, they've been on a months-long fishing expedition hoping to haul in a whopper of a Biden scandal. Well, they released their findings recently, so let's go ahead and play a clip of all the Joe Biden wrongdoing they found. Let's see. I'm just going to look for that clip. Hold on just one sec. I'm, sh I'm sure it's here. <laughs> this is embarrassing. <laughs> oh, here we go. Here we go. 
Congressional Republicans released a 65-page report, Judson, 65 pages without a single shred of evidence of wrongdoing on behalf of President Biden. I have the report right here. I can read some of it to you. Sure. Go ahead. Chirp, 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 chirp. My cricket is not good. Uh, no. Page two. Chirp, 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 et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Well, in all seriousness, well, I guess in as much seriousness as this joke of an investigation warrants, the Republicans report on their months long investigation contained no credible evidence at all, but rather relied on repeating a series of secondhand accounts, conspiracy theories, unverified documents and the like. But James Comer was undeterred by their failure to produce any evidence of scandal. He has quite the plan B. I thought they outlawed that. <laughs> They're trying. Yeah. Congressman, what's plan B? Well, stay tuned, Maria. You'll be the first person that'll know, I, I can assure you. But it's uh, Ooh, the old stay tuned approach. It's coming in two weeks, right after Infrastructure <laughs> Week. And the health care bill. Yeah. Another investigation, this time in the Senate. This is an investigation into Hunter Biden. They released their own 85-page report that also contained no evidence of improper influence or wrongdoing. Even one of the investigation's leaders, Senator Ron Johnson of Wisconsin, he admitted there were no major smoking guns in the report. Which was a real downer for him because, you know, guns. He loves them. Right. But despite this complete lack of evidence and utter failure to prove wrongdoing, the report's findings are still that Hunter Biden cashed in on his father's influence and that there was a substantial appearance of conflict of interest, which makes me think, Judson, that I've been doing reports wrong my entire life. But that both could be true. I mean, let me give it the LGOP go. All right. Here's my hypothesis. OK. Actor Tom Holland desperately wants me to give him an erotic full body massage. This is my that's my hypothesis. Uh huh. My investigation found that Tom Holland has no idea who I am. Sure. All witnesses we talked to testified that Mr. Holland is heterosexual and in a committed relationship with Zendaya. When asked directly about the prospects for said massage, Tom Holland commented that of the roughly 7.9 billion people on Earth, I was very likely not in the top 7.87999 repeating billion of people he'd let perform such a massage on him, adding, even if his life depended on it. <laughs> so, taking all of this into account, I conclude, therefore, that Tom Holland desperately wants me to give him an erotic full-body massage. I, I, I guess that does share similar logic. <laughs> Aren't you glad you went on that trip with me? <laughs> Pursuant to my Fifth Amendment right, I declined to answer your previous question. Fair enough. <laughs> Even Republicans... Thought the Senate investigation was a politically motivated waste of time. Senator Mitt Romney called the investigation a, quote, political exercise, noting that, quote, it's not the legitimate role of government for Congress or for taxpayer expense to be used in an effort to damage political opponents. It certainly shouldn't be. And yet, here we are. Well, you wanted to move on, so let's move on. Also in DKM news, I wanted to update folks on some of the nominees for our 118th Congress Awards. I'm now calling them the DKMEs. Oh, I like that. Thank you. Specifically, we're going to update you on Lauren Boebert, who is nominated in two categories. That would be the Louis Gomer Award. That's for the stupidest member of Congress. Sure. And the Marjorie Taylor Greene Award, which is for the most batshit crazy person in Congress. <laughs> Speaking of Ms. Green, we also have some updates on her. Incidentally, she is a nominee in both of those categories, <laughs> okay. as well as the Madison Cawthorn or... Oh my God, oh. 
Award. That is the most likely to crash and burn in this Congress. And speaking of crashing and burning, we have a little update on George Santos, also nominated and the front runner for the Cawthorn Award. No, he hasn't left Congress yet, but it's looking like when he does, it'll be in handcuffs and leg chains. <laughs> We can hope. Okay. Just a quick update on Bobert Judson. Former teen mother of a soon-to-be teen father is going to have one less sex offender in her life. Which, what? Congresswoman Bobert filed for divorce from her husband, Jason. Hey, kids, do you want to see my dick after you bowl this frame? No. <laughs> How about I show it to you anyway, Bobert? <laughs> that is that's a hell of a nickname. That's a weird long uh, middle <laughs> name there you got. Uh, yeah. Well, Mr. Bobert was reportedly heartbroken over the divorce, telling the Daily Beast, quote, this divorce is sad. I did not expect this. I love her with every bit of my heart and most of my dick. Hey, do you want to see it? <laughs> I feel like that wasn't a quote. <laughs> All right. I might have added everything after the word heart. <laughs> Okay. But the rest was him. This was this game is a surprise to him. It is uh, unclear, however, as a recording, whether or not Miss Bobert will go back to her maiden name, Von Fibsbuer. It's uh, allegedly, I will have to include this, <laughs> allegedly she's actually like dating a married MAGA pastor. I have heard that. Alle again, allegedly. All right. Marjorie Taylor Greene <laughs> this week was the Oprah Winfrey of articles of impeachment. You get an impeachment and you get an impeachment. <laughs> On Tuesday, I submitted articles of impeachment against the U.S. Attorney for the District of Columbia, Matthew Graves. On Tuesday, I also submitted articles of impeachment against FBI Director Christopher Wray. But wait, there's more. Yesterday morning, I introduced articles of impeachment against Attorney General Merrick Garland. Yesterday, I also introduced articles of impeachment against Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. We're not finished yet. It is with the highest amount of solemnity that I announce my intention to introduce articles of impeachment today on the head of this America at Last executive branch that has been working since January 20th, 2021 to systematically destroy this country. The President of the United States, Joseph Robinette Biden. A point of personal inquiry, Judson. <laughs> that's not that's not a thing. Solemnity. Thank you. I was going to say something about it, but I saw that you had it in the notes. I, I almost <laughs> wanted to help her. <laughs> then I remembered who she is. Solemnity. <laughs> or however she said it. Her impeachments will, of course, go nowhere, just like that little choo-choo train in the reasoning center of her brain, waiting to make the dangerous journey to the speech center. Oh, man. But... The crazy train did arrive on time as scheduled, and this time it was carrying quite the load. But I will tell you what's on video is Jamal Bowman shouting at the top of his lungs, cursing, calling me a horrible, calling me a white supremacist, which I take great offense to. That is like calling a person of color the N-word, which should never happen. Calling me a white supremacist is equal to that, and that is wrong. Thoughts? I got to go with the John Mulaney bit, right? If you're comparing the badness of two words and you won't even say one of the two words, that's the worst word. <laughs> I didn't. I have not heard that bit. That's spot on. Marjorie Taylor Greene is just losing it over this run in she had or a couple of run in she had with fellow congressperson Jamal Bowman of New York. I want to play you a clip of one of the exchanges real quick. Sure. Come on no, now, save no, the party, no, save, save America, save the, save the children, save the do country. something about guns, right, 
close Come on, border. invest in close education. The border is the border is what Trump left me. What are you talking about? What kids? You guys. We're accepting them. We love them. We love the migrant children. We we lost them. Can't find them. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? Yeah, migrant children missing. You don't know the news. No, no, we don't know the news. I don't know. That's Fox News. That's Fox News. Listen, I need you to save the party. (laughs) Save the party. (laughs) So, in the video footage, I don't know if you've seen it, but yeah, I have. You can even hear it in that audio clip. Bowman seems pretty like genial. You know, yeah. He's laughing. I always laugh Um, jovially when I'm threatening someone. You know, that's just the way I do it. Yeah. He's smiling. He's in no way threatening. He's, However, he, he's loud, you know, but that's yeah. that's just his presence. That's, that's well, Marjorie had a different account, Judson. Mm-hmm. At, on the Capitol steps yesterday, he was the one that approached me. Even CNN reported that yelling, shouting, raising his voice. He has aggressive uh his physical mannerisms are aggressive. I think there's a lot of concern about Jamal Bowman. So, and, and I am concerned about it. I feel threatened by him. Um, he not only led a bob, mob there, but his boisterous lies. And I'll tell you another thing he said outside there. He was saying, save your party. I kept telling him, no, save the country. It's not about political parties. We shouldn't care about political parties. We should care about the country. Oh, boy. That is a serious case of Amy Cooperism she's experiencing there. Yeah, Congresswoman Karen. That is the fear of black men in public spaces made famous almost three years ago by a woman who called the police on a black man asking that she leash her dog. Yeah. And then, like, pretended to cry on the phone. And yeah. Well, so you called her. Congresswoman Karen. I did. I honestly think Karen is the wrong name for a rude, entitled white lady losing her shit in public over nothing. I submit officially Trisha is a better name. (laughs) Trisha's fine. I will take Trisha. That's fine. I have never met a Trisha who is not a complete and utter. (laughs) You know, if we have a special drop for the C word, isn't that like saying the C word? It's a lot like saying it. Yeah. Another thing about that MTG clip is it's not about party. It's about the country. Like this is her about a week before that. Well, that is that is a fact. Democrats are party of they are a party of pedophiles. And we're seeing an increase over and over in America. Uh, I didn't realize all those pastors and and whatnot were were Democrats. That's I don't think they are. News news to me. I'm having a lot of trouble sort of reconciling these two positions she has. No, no, obviously it's about party. She she is a partisan hack. She only wants her party to win and she demonizes anyone who isn't part of her party, but specifically Democrats. Anything else you'd like to say about Marjorie before we move on to our, our next DKM member? Just just you know. That 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 covers it. George Anthony DeVolder, Zabrowski, Andrew Olson, Katara Ravash. Santos, son, <laughs> son of thrice dead Fatima DeVolder and killer of dogs. He has not had a great month, Judson. I think that that's an evergreen comment on him. <laughs> it probably is. A little over a week ago, Santos was hit with a 13 count indictment for wire fraud, money laundering, theft of public funds, just to name a few of the hits. Yep. Of course, now that Santos has been indicted on charges, at least some of which most legal experts believe are going to result in conviction. Surely Kevin McCarthy and his DKM stooges will join the Democrats in voting to expel him from Congress. Right, Judson? Right, Judson? Is this your first time? (laughs) 
Hey, can I scan your QR code before I answer that? <laughs> yeah, NPR reported that House Republicans blocked Democrats' efforts to expel scandal-plagued Representative George Santos from Congress less than a week after the first-term Republican congressman pleaded not guilty to fraud charges. <sighs> Al Franken resigns from Congress after some allegations come out about him. Yeah. Uh, he resigned because his party forced him to resign, right? I mean, not forced, but they like- They asked you know, him to. They asked him to resign and he, he acquiesced. So when Santos is convicted, uh -huh. because come on, of course he's going to be convicted. Sure. When he's convicted, what does the DKM House do? Let's assume he's still in Congress. Yeah. Uh-huh. He will still be do in they, Congress. They wait, they, they say, like, they pivot to, we need to wait until the appeals process plays out. Is that what they do? Sure. And then they'll say that, you know, the American people will have their vote in the next election and they can, they can remove him from office and we don't need to take these drastic measures. Well, as for him still running for re-election, because I guess presumably he could run for re-election. With the, with the money he stole, <laughs> he's going to be convicted <laughs> over? I, I believe he's still running, but I did find when I was working on this show that his Santos for Congress Twitter account has been deleted. I clicked on the link. It's still in the show notes. And yeah. it said, this does not exist. Oops. Yeah. But his campaign site is still up and you can donate. <laughs> Well, I'm in for a penny and for a pound when it comes to fraud, <laughs> right. I feel like. So a few tidbits on these indictments. I read that they made him, after they arrested him, they made him surrender his passport. Okay. My, my first thought was only one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he has at least a dozen of he's them, right? He's not a spy. Well, maybe he is a spy. I don't think he's a spy, but I'm sure he has <laughs> fake passports. Also, who paid his bond? Do we know that? I couldn't find anything. Uh, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I assume he did. Could it have been... Harlan Crow. <laughs> I, I don't think he... Well, maybe. I need to get AI to draw how I see Harlan Crow in my head. <laughs> it basically has a Bond villain, pretty much. Well, but. sure. Well, amidst the shitstorm of controversy surrounding Santos, his communications director quit. Two things about her, Judson. I loved her resignation letter. And why did I think she was a 23-year-old hairless twink guy? I don't know is the answer to the second one. Okay. The first one wasn't a question, so yes, I agree. Do you want to read a, a, a short excerpt from her resignation email? Sure. Quote, with respect for my colleagues, the people of New York, and most importantly, myself, I am honored to tender my resignation. Unfortunately, you never took one point of professional advice given. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ouch. Yeah. Now, some of you may have been wondering why I included Andrew Olson in Santos's list of aliases right before... Well, <laughs> I assumed I missed a story somewhere. You're in luck, Judson. Okay. Just this past Friday, Santos issued a filing with the Federal Election Commission. He, In this filing, he names himself as his own campaign committee treasurer. I think uh, that's a no-no. Probably. I believe at minimum, it's considered not terribly ethical. Definitely that. Earlier this year, Santos's FEC filing listed one Andrew Olson as his campaign committee treasurer. But according to several sources, nobody knows who the fuck that is. <laughs> and there's more than a little doubt that he even exists. Oh, man. Yeah. Kevin McCarthy does not want to remove this guy. Let's, let's be in mind. The, the Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington. I can't imagine their phones ring very often. <laughs> <laughs> they, 
They are a watchdog group, and they issued a formal complaint with the FEC questioning the existence of Andrew Olson. You want to read this complaint? There is reason to believe that Representative George Santos's treasurer does not exist and that Santos's committees are violating the law by raising and spending money without a treasurer, according to a complaint filed today by Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics in Washington. The, the crew, we'll call them crew, uh, with the FEC. Andrew Olson, Santos's listed treasurer, is not and has not been identified as a treasurer to any political political committee outside of those connected to Santos. No one asked about it appears to know Olson, including those knowledgeable of political committee treasurers and New York Republican politics. His listed address in the FEC forms... His listed address in the <laughs> FEC forms is the former address of Santos's <laughs> sister. He has not responded to any attempts to contact him through the means provided in the FEC filings. Okay. <laughs> well, now you know who Andrew Olson isn't. Yeah. <laughs> Or now you know that Andrew Olson isn't. Yes, exactly. <laughs> well, at least George Andrew Anthony Katara will always have his karaoke skills and <laughs> that esteemed academy to fall back on. <laughs> we'll be right back. You know that feeling when you're at the bar with your friends and they're all taking turns singing karaoke and they try to get you to join in, but you're just too afraid to do it. That was me. I had no skills, no confidence. That is, until I enrolled in the George Santos Karaoke Academy. Co-founded in 2015 by George Santos and Anthony DeVolder, the Santos Karaoke Academy will change your life. I remember my first class, we got to hear the master himself. I'm never going back, the past is in the past. Let it go, let it go, I am one with the wind and sky. Oh man, that still gives me goosebumps. Santos Karaoke Academy has also graduated some of the most prominent vocal talent in the industry. From star of 2020 CPAC, Sailor Sable. To this chart-topping superstar known to most as the American Sarah McLaughlin. But the real proof, the real proof is me. This was me before I spent two years and thousand dollars at SKA. L is for the way you look at me. O is for the only one I see. V is very, very extraordinary. So embarrassing. But with George's help, I can now karaoke with the best of them. Listen to me now. I'll ever know. No, no, there's no way. I can. No, no, there's no way. No, 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 no way. I'm living without you, George. I'm not living without you. Now that's bringing the house down. Thank you. Thank you, George. And as if the miracles George can work on your voice weren't enough, 100% of your tuition payment also goes toward a great cause, a charity to save the dying pets of veterans. No, really, they promised. George Santos Karaoke Academy. Enroll now, before he goes to prison. 
Thank you all so much for listening to the show this week. The Facts and Friends podcast is independently created from start to finish by me and Judson with occasional but valuable contributions from some of our very smart, very talented friends. I wanted to ask that you please help me and Judson out by supporting us over on Patreon at patreon.com slash facts and friends. It really would mean a lot. The show does cost us money. We lose money on the show. So your support would go a long way to helping keep the show on the air. If you can't spare a few bucks right now, we totally understand. Well, I do. Justin's really on the verge of quitting if more of you don't start coughing up some cash. Absolutely like, furious. Pronto. Like, so <laughs> you better you better send it now is all I'm saying. If you want to hear Judson, and without Judson, what am I going to do? Sit here and talk by myself? <laughs> Come to think of it, that's a pretty interesting idea. <laughs> so really, all the more reason to give us money. Um, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Then my filter would be gone. So. But uh, seriously, if you can't spare a few dollars, just please help us by telling your like-minded friends in real life or on social media to listen and subscribe. Another totally free way that really helps out is by giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Also, I want to extend a very special thanks to those of you who have helped and continue to help. I hope you know how much that means to us. Finally, we only have five episodes left this season, after which we're going to be going on a short hiatus. We do want to keep releasing content while we're on break. So we're going to work on some evergreen stuff in between regular recordings. One thing that we really want to do is, you know, one of those old mailbag segments. So if you have any questions you'd like us to answer, please send them to us either through Twitter or Facebook or email them to factsandfriends at gmail.com. That's facts, the letter and friends at gmail.com. While there is such a thing as a stupid question, that probably won't prevent us from reading it on the air. Might even help, honestly. We don't have time for a closed topic this week, but we did put one doozy of a story of mine in the stinger. So we hope you enjoy that. <laughs> I'm so looking forward to hearing that again. Yeah. We know shows have been coming a little less regularly here in the second half of our third season. We apologize. Hopefully with your support behind us, we can get back into the swing of things for these last five episodes. Thank you so much for listening and a special thank you to all our supporters. Take care, everyone. Hey FNFers, Tino here. I wanted to take a minute to tell you about a new way to support the Facts and Friends podcast. You can become a supporting listener by subscribing to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash factsandfriends, all spelled out. Between our hosting service, recording equipment, and editing and production software licenses, it costs us a decent amount to make this show for you. So we were hoping you might help us at least break even. So what's in it for you? Well, first of all, you'll help keep the show on the air. But wait, there's more. All supporters will get access to the Facts and Friends Discord server, where you can interact with the Facts and Friends community, including me and Judson. And a few lucky supporters may get to read some classified military documents. Judson and I are deeply grateful for any support you can give. And we will prove it by personally recognizing each and every Patreon supporter on the air. We're also re-releasing a ton of episodes from Judson and I's old show, The UnPR Podcast. And those are exclusively available to our Patreon supporters. Here's a little taste of what that's like. Here's my story. So a few years ago, I, I showed up to work one morning. Wait. Yes, Jamie, in the morning. This is my work? Yeah, this is where Jamie and I work together. Oh, wow, you showed up? <laughs> I did. Before noon. Wow. I don't think that m- normal people will understand, but that's actually very surprising. Okay. <laughs> I'm still looking for a job, Jamie. So. Ah, <laughs> so don't tell your employers to listen to this. Do you want me to write you a recommendation? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. So I showed up to work and there was this uh, shirt 
neatly folded on my desk chair. Okay. And I was like immediately skeptical because I'd received like mysterious and even somewhat creepy gifts <gasps> at work before. Someone's trying to kill you. Only like only just like a few years before the mystery shirt showed up, someone left me of all things a Brendan Fraser poster and a pair of 3D glasses. Like <laughs> what? And it turned up it turned up to be the new gay co-worker who looked like oh. a really uncool John Waters. Aww. Aww. No. <laughs> I know exactly who you're talking about. Why a Brendan Fraser poster? He's obsessed with Brendan Fraser. He is obsessed. And Brendan Fraser is like twice his size. I'm going to name drop that next time we talk. <laughs> All right. Well, this guy is like nearly twice my age and he thought it'd be a fun, flirty gift. So he's 150. <laughs> he's 375. <laughs> I didn't agree that it was fun or flirty, but but I was understandably, understandably a little bit wary about the, the shirt that mysteriously appeared on my desk. Sure. I was also a bit of a strange character at work. No. This comes as a surprise to no one. <laughs> well, sometimes I was just way too honest. Uh-huh. Like, <laughs> you know how people have like a work personality and a real life personality? That doesn't exist. You're supposed to have that. I don't have that. So so the one time a coworker was talking about like her recent vacation on some Caribbean beach or, or, or whatever. And in those cases, most people try to seem interested and maybe like a little <laughs> impressed. <laughs> I, what I did was I just shook my head disapprovingly and I, and I said, I hate beaches. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't trying to be malicious or rude. It's really just true. You just did it by accident. Do you really hate beaches? I loathe the beach. Wow. I don't care where it is. I hate it. And that's not even the bad part. <laughs> The bad part is that I decided to tell her why. Oh, dear. When I was a kid, my parents split up when I was nine. And um, uh, I lived with my dad, as did my brother. And uh, our mom got us on the weekends. Sure. And my mom loved the beach. So every weekend, every Sunday, we would go to the beach in the morning and spend the entire day there. No sunscreen, mind you. Of course not. Mm. The, the beach that she loved, it was always the same beach, too. It was it was called Fort DeSoto. And... Every week she takes there. And then what she would do was she'd be like, okay, you kids play here. I'll be back later. <gasps> oh, my God. Oh. And she would leave us by ourselves, nine and six. <gasps> and um, she would basically go pick up guys. Sometimes we met these guys. Oh, no. And so we'd be by ourselves playing, fighting a lot. Uh, one time my brother was lost. Like the, all the police were called. My grandfather almost had a heart attack. My brother was just completely lost for almost an entire day. And uh, just because we were just alone and he wandered off. And, and, I, and I couldn't I couldn't like fathom why uh, anyone would be happy because I thought my brother was dead. And I know that's something in retrospect <laughs> that you all may welcome. But when he was six... Yeah. Your kids could grow up to be worse than my brother. Just that's hey, what I'm hey, saying. Hey, hey, sorry. Don't say shit like that. But we did find my brother, obviously, because he's still alive. And but but this was every two weeks. We every Sunday would go to the beach. My mom would wander off, and we would be left the entire day from like nine in the morning until like three in the afternoon to do whatever Jesus we Christ. felt like doing by ourselves. So. That's why I hate the beach. And I realized as I was telling my super uncomfortable coworker <laughs> of this depressingly neglectful mother and, and, and really sad childhood, 
I was maybe oversharing a little bit. <laughs> just a just tad. And in that moment, the seeds of the UnPR podcast were born. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I tried to make some joke at the end about how awful it was for me to have shared the story, but but it was too late. And 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 I really don't think she she told anybody else at work about her vacation. <laughs> oh. So well, so at least that some good came out of it then. <laughs> you saved others. <laughs> well, I got to get back to the shirt and the chair. Right. Right. I picked up, I'm a back, I'm an adult and I'm back at work. I picked up the shirt, I unfolded it and I froze. I was like, what? And I walked into my boss's office. I was like, do you know anything about this shirt? She said, yeah, I got, I got it for you as a gift. And then she, she apparently had recently gone to visit her son in some other state and they did some sightseeing while she was there. And, and she thought it would be nice to bring me back a souvenir. Uh-huh. So I let her tell me about the trip and all the gorgeous beaches they saw. You told her how much I hate beaches. She, <laughs> she liked one beach in particular so much that she decided to get me a souvenir. So I guess I should tell you now that uh, the, the, the shirt on my desk was a T-shirt. And emblazoned on the front of that T-shirt were the words... Fort DeSoto Beach. Oh, my God. <gasps> what are the fucking odds? <laughs> so it was a T-shirt that said Fort DeSoto Beach. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> and so there I found myself once again <laughs> telling a co-worker, my boss this time, <laughs> why I hate the beach. Specifically this beach. <laughs> and why her gift was among the most tragic, comically bad gifts anyone wow. has ever given someone. <laughs> Oh my Her gift God. is like triggering for PTSD. <laughs> her sons are really dark. She told her sons and they couldn't stop laughing. Oh my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> and, and that's my story. Oh my God. It's a good story. It is a good story. It's good. Thank you. So please do help keep the show on the air by supporting us over at patreon.com slash facts and friends. And if you already have, thank you so very much. 